Live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, Bobcat fans. Welcome to this Friday edition of Bobcat Radio. Joined alongside my producer, Karis Lay, my co-hosts, Joey Gonzalez and Davin Meredith. I am your host, David Castaneda. We got a lot to talk about today, but before we do, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks. Eats. Drinks. Scenic views. All right. Thank you very much, Davin. So without further ado, let's dive straight into this episode, starting off with some local Texas State action. We got Texas State Volleyball coming off a 3-1 to win versus Abilene Christian. They got a doubleheader that started about an hour ago. Um, see if we could get updates on that. That started at 10 a.m. versus New Hampshire. And they will be facing Bellarmine. Bellarmine? Bellarmine. Bellarmine. Thank you. (laughs) At 5 p.m. today, that will be the second game of the doubleheader. This is all going on in Kansas, guys. Uh, This volleyball team has been looking good. Joe, you're very familiar with them. Uh, Karis, you too. Y'all been calling those games. So my question for y'all, a doubleheader, is this a big deal for a traveling team? Well, I go first. I give you a little score update. Texas State won the first set, thirty to twenty-eight against New Hampshire. Currently tied twenty to twenty. Texas State just ended a three-zero scoring drought. KJ Johnson currently leads in kills, twelve kills. And just going back to the ACU match, KJ Johnson twenty-seven kills. Karis, you and I called their match what two weeks ago, and KJ Johnson was a really impressive player. And I think if she can continue to stay hot, that sets up a lot of the outside hitters as well. Yeah, um, I think KJ Johnson is an amazing player, a phenomenal player, to say the least. Um, but as far as like double headers, I don't think it's um, that big of a deal because growing up in volleyball, like club ball, you go to tournaments and you're playing like five games back to back. So it's really not um, that new to them. Uh, it can be tiring, though, since they're at the collegiate level and they are exerting so much energy on the court and off the court. So that can play a factor, but I don't think it's um, as big as a deal as um, people may seem it to be. Yeah. I mean, I reported this game or the volleyball team like a week ago or so. And I just got to say KJ Johnson, outstanding, but also someone to look out for Samantha Wants. She's a freshman MVP of the Texas state invitational. She was extremely impressive. This team's young. They're hungry. They knocked off number 13 Houston already. Like it's going to be interesting to see how they do the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Samantha Wants is an all-star player in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, she just brings so much power to that, to that front core for this Texas state team. And then with only three matches to go, you're taking on Kansas. That's another Big 12 opponent, just like Houston was. So if Texas State can find a way to continue to keep things going, I mean, you had a little hiccup in the Bobcat Classic with the losses against Southeastern Louisiana and Cal. But, I mean, overall, these are some really good players. Sammy Wunsch, K.J. Johnson. If these girls can continue to play well, I don't see anything stopping them from being one of the top teams in Sunbow Conference. So we talk about the upset versus Houston and volleyball. Let's move on to Texas State soccer where the women's team upset at Houston one to zero. I believe that game was on Sunday, if I remember correctly. 
Uh, the next game is going to be versus Louisiana State. That's a, that's this Sunday at one p.m. Uh, one p.m. Their current record is three two and two. I want to know with that upset over Houston, y'all think that that momentum will be enough for Texas State to roll past this Louisiana State team? I want to say it was their first Power Five victory in program history. I mean, pretty pretty good accomplishment. And Texas State, not to mention just two matches ago, they ended a three-match scoreless streak. And then you come out and you defeat a Power Five opponent. I think that's huge going into the future. I just think Coach Steve Holman has brought in a new energy to this team. He's brought in a new mentality. And hopefully with that win, you start off the Sunbelt Conference play on Sunday against Louisiana, and that win hopefully propels you forward. Yeah, I was wanted to say that Houston seems to be pretty beaten up by Texas State. I mean, first the volleyball team <laughs> being beat, now soccer. Um, I think that the Bobcats really fight tooth and nail um, and fight till the end. They really push push out um, everything that they have and much more to um, win these games. And I think soccer is just doing very well in that and pushing themselves to a new limit. Yeah, we had Grace Reddick on like a few weeks ago, last time I did a Bobcat radio, and she was just talking about before the season even started, you know, this team is, you know, looking for their identity, and they're I think they're finding it. They have an energy, their, their coach is getting them into it. They got a tough slate, but honestly, I think they're going to be ready for some belt play. Yeah, well, they're definitely looking forward to that. Again, that is their first interconference matchup, I believe. And just to take a, a look at this schedule, I mean, they started off their opening game, and, and I'm pretty sure this was preseason, but versus number nine TCU in Fort Worth, followed by Texas A&M in College Station, and then they ended up playing UTSA in San Antonio. So this soccer team is a team that really hasn't had a chance to catch its breath yet. And I mean, whenever you talk to talk about an upset, like you said, Joey, over a power five conference, that's momentum that that should be able to carry you throughout the rest of the season. And really, those games could could power you into uh, interconference play. So we're going to have to see how that works out. Speaking of a team who hasn't had a chance to catch their breath yet, San Marcos High School football, ladies and gentlemen, they are 0-3, yet to find a W. Last game was 62-17. to The least points that they've allowed in this season has been 49. That was against Madison a couple weeks ago. This team needs to find a groove. Their game, their next game is tonight at 7.30, I believe, versus Alexander. It's a home game. Alexander is 1-2. and This could be the game where they could get it back on track. But my question for y'all is, whenever you have a team like this, what does a coach say to his team who's struggling? How does the locker room look like? Well, I was on the sideline last week for their last loss, and I just got to say the energy on the sideline was not looking too good. Uh, They were down, heads down, basically by halftime, and it was rough. You had a few leaders out there trying to get the team ready, get them energized, but honestly, you got Walsh coming back, I believe, tonight, and hopefully that'll spark something for this team. Yeah, hopefully that gives them a little bit more of an energy. I mean, you look at the schedule, you look at the game against Hutto, the opening game of the season, a quarterback who's committed to Texas Tech. I don't know if you saw the numbers in his week through performance i mean that was a team who just continued to sling the ball across the field so i kind of scratch off that week one but then madison 49 28 and then a tough loss against wagner who past couple of years they've been a team that can make the the state tournament and go deep into the final eight teams in the in the state 
But as we're mentioning right now, this has got to be a bounce back week. You cannot afford to fall into that 0-4 hole. And then not to mention that you travel over to Eagle Pass. I mean, you don't want to be traveling three, four hours with an 0-4 season. So, but Davin also mentioned Coach Walsh coming back. I mean, there's some positives coming into tonight, and you just got to find a way to win at home. Homecoming as well, so you just got to find your groove and get play your brand of football. Well, I mean, so yeah, like 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 I said, it's a little bit more. It's a little bit more different in the in the high school level. Obviously, professional collegiate level, coaches and players are kind of expected to to win, but at the end of the day these kids are 16 17 18 years old so i mean i want to know how how would y'all go about getting to a team that you know isn't performing to its full potential to its like fullest fullest potential i guess uh well personally just being on the sideline the pass rush is something's got to be fixed there i mean i think wagner put maybe over 300 rushing yards on san marcus high the other week so honestly starting there at the d line it all starts in the trenches both sides of the ball and then from there you just got to build up uh i don't i don't know it's hard because david as you just mentioned 16 17 18 year olds you don't want to get too hard on them because at the end of the day i mean they're they're just high school kids they're just out there doing an extracurricular activity but i mean you got to have some discipline on it so it's, it's kind of that that 50 50 you got to know how to approach them i mean you kind of i guess character development and try to just say hey this is a new week we just reset but at the same time you you get a little aggressive on them show them the mistakes but i think i'm leaning more towards the side of just growing these guys as young men and then from there that's how they become better football players yeah i agree um I'm going to be a little a little more <laughs> aggressive here. I mean, you know, you are on a football team. You are expected to win. You are expected to to go out there and, and play your best. And, and like you said, Davin, these haven't been like the offense has been there. It's been the defense. As I mentioned earlier, 49 is the least amount of points they've allowed. Uh, as Joey mentioned, they're going to be traveling three or four hours away. You know, so you, you're going to have to come up with a win tonight. That game will be tonight at 730. I'll be on the call with Kobe Jackson at San Marcos High School. But we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we'll be talking about some Texas State football, getting a preview to this weekend's game. Uh, but don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. All right, welcome back to this Friday edition of Bobcat Radio. I am your host, David Castaneda. So, guys, let's change gears here. We got Texas State football, the most highly anticipated football team I have seen since I've been here at least in the last three years. So they got their first home game tomorrow versus Jackson State, who is 2-1. Again, highly anticipated. Uh, Came off a disappointing loss to UTSA last week. That was a very interesting game, which... We discussed earlier this week. I want to know y'all's keys keys to victories in this lot in this first home game, and really y'all's final final thoughts. Honestly, I'm believe it or not, I'm kind of glad they took the loss last week. I think it kind of woke them up. I mm. think that the win against Baylor was amazing, great for the program, great for the coach Kenny, great for the team, the news of this new team. But at the end of the day, I think the loss to UTSA is going to wake this team up. I think they're going to come out, get Jackson State over with get a few more games knocked out and get to conference play and then show the Sun Belt what this football team's about. <laughs> I don't know where to start. I'm so excited about this team. <laughs> I mean, before the season started, I mean, just to talk around campus, people for the first time actually believe in this Texas State football team. And that's a real joy seeing, seeing that. So I think it's going to be fun watching. If you don't know who Jackson State is, 
you know, name of Dion Sanders <laughs> as the previous coach of this Jackson State team. I mean, he did take a lot of his luggage, as Dion liked to say when he went to Colorado. But I mean, there's still some really good football players on this Jackson State team. So it's going to be interesting to see how Texas State plays. And not to mention, the Bobcats were right in the game. There was an opportunity to score a touchdown on just a receiver who just tripped up. I mean, Texas State was right there. And I think this week, they, as Davin mentioned, I mean, you kind of reset. You realize that we're not invincible and you get back on track this week. I think it should be a lot of fun. And I hope that Bobcat Stadium is packed on Saturday night. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a good one, guys. And again, we've talked about it on BCR on, on Monday and Wednesday show. So I don't want to beat up too much on it. But Davin, I think you make a great point. I mean, this is a team that had a lot of pressure going into UTSA last Saturday and really I think a lot of it has been lifted off now but I mean I I may I may spoke too soon because I feel like now that they're at home they're gonna see fans like they've never seen before I think the last big game like this was last year against App State you know following that A&M win so I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see how they react to the pressure. Uh, I personally haven't seen a game this hyped up since I've been here. So it's a brand new team. You know, we, we don't know what to expect, but I think it'll all work out for them. Guys, let's move on to some NFL and some col- more college football action. I want to start in the NFL with the Eagles and the Vikings game last night. Thursday night football, a kind of a sloppy game for the Vikings. They had four fumbles on two teams that we really think could be contenders in the NFC. What what, what did y'all see last night? Honestly, I saw the Eagles getting the rush game going, and I saw the Vikings not so much. Uh, it was sloppy, like you said, in the first half. It kind of turned into an interesting game towards the end, but the Eagles just kind of felt like they had control mostly the entire game. But at the end of the day, I believe De- um, DeAndre Swift had like 175 rushing yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Helped my fantasy team for sure. <laughs> but uh, overall, I think that was just the make or break. Devin, I know he was on your fantasy team because he had 28 carries for 175 yards, one touchdown right on the dot. But I mean, one thing was Jalen Hurts under 200 yards, Kirk Cousins 364 yards passing four TDs. And I saw that uh, there was a post about Kirk Cousins in primetime games. His record was atrocious. But then you look at any other non primetime game, they showed Kirk Cousins had like a really good record. So I just think it's pretty interesting how the media kind of tried to put this loss on Kirk Cousins, but I mean, 350 days in up in Philadelphia. I don't think that's a bad day. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think Kirk, I don't think that was on Kirk Cousins <laughs> at all, but yeah, there's, there's all the memes about him not being able to, you know, play in primetime games. I think he's still yet to win a game. And Joey, I think I'm playing you in fantasy this week. I think you had Jalen Hurts in our league. Yeah, so I saw Jalen Hurts get the touchdown. I saw that notification. And then other than that, I didn't see too many notifications. So I'm a little nervous about that. I need to check the team. But we got Sunday, so I'm going to work on the team tomorrow. (laughs) You did throw the pick that game, the only interception thrown by either quarterback. But again, going back to what I was saying about the the sloppy game, kind of weird to see from two powerhouses in the nfc i don't know if it's the the early season jitters or if it's the 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 bright lights i mean i don't know how bright the lights can be in thursday amazon prime football (laughs) day but you know regardless it's going to be interesting to see both these teams trajectories 
in my opinion, the Eagles, at least in the first half, I don't know if y'all were listening, they were getting booed by their fans, you know, <laughs> when they got recovered two fumbles and they weren't able to do anything with it in Vikings territory. So, again, I don't know if it's early game jitter or early season jitters, but regardless what it is, they're going to they're gonna need to figure it out and start playing like the team in the NFC because I know the 49ers are playing like the team. I mean, I don't know. We'll see, but... That was the opening game for this week. I want to know what is the game you are looking most forward to. I got a couple games here. The Ravens, the Bengals, the Rams versus the Niners, and the Jets versus the Cowboys. (laughs) So I I want to know which, which game you are looking most forward to this week. Personally, I'm excited for that Jets and Cowboys game. I I know Aaron Rodgers went down. I know that's going to be the headline for the majority of that game. But honestly, I... I'm interested to see what Zach Wilson does. And I know the Cowboys just came off that beating against the Giants. I think the headlines are going to be amazing. I think the game will be interesting to see. And honestly, it's going to be a test for this uh, Jets team and also that Jets defense that looked really good as well. I think I'm interested in Chiefs Jaguars. I know it's kind of out there, but I mean, the Chiefs lost opening their opening game, Travis Kelsey on the on the return. And then the Jaguars last year, I mean, they talk about the first round playoff defeat of the L.A. Chargers. Uh, that's the game I'm looking forward to. Also, how can Zach Wilson recover? I mean, everybody's just throwing him down the gutter. Then nobody believes in him. People are talking about Tom Brady coming back, talking about getting Carson <laughs> Wentz. So if I'm Zach Wilson, I'm taking that pretty personally. Literally nobody believes in me. So mm-hmm. if I'm Zach Wilson, I'm trying to put this team on in my back because you got a really good defense. So now it's just the offense needs to come together and it should be an exciting Sunday afternoon game yeah I think I'm excited for the Rams and 49ers and the Jets and the Cowboys I think um I personally am in a fantasy football team but I missed the draft pick so I don't know who's on my team at all (laughs) which um so we'll find that out but I'm excited for those games um just seeing like Davin mentioned the Jets and the Cowboys just Aaron Rodgers gone and the Cowboys defeating the Giants like it's it's going to be an interesting game like he said yeah I agree with the the Rams 49ers pick that's that's mine as well uh those are two other teams that are going to be the biggest threats in the NFC and I think we saw the four teams face off against each other the Rams versus the Niners and uh the Vikings versus Eagles last night I think those, those are the four teams that are going to be the biggest contenders in the NFC. So we'll have to see. Uh, Joey, I agree with you with the Zach Wilson. Maybe his problem was that he was kind of thrown right into the fire right after he got drafted. You know, didn't really have time to adjust a lot of pressure. And if you're looking at this from the pressure perspective, there really is none anymore. I mean, sure, you got a, an amazing team around you. But in terms of what people expect you to do, not 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 very high expectations so we're gonna have to see how that plays out i also saw that their playoff probability dropped from 79 percent with aaron Rodgers down to 25 percent. so when you talk about pressure there's literally no pressure on zach wilson at this point at this point he could just go out there and play and play the game that he wants also another interesting thing the uh turf versus grass talk Mm -hmm. i don't what are y'all's thoughts on that I think it's time to switch back to good old-fashioned grass, honestly. I think there's been too many issues injury-wise over the league the past few years. I think it's just time to go back to grass, I mean, just for everyone's safety and just in general. I think regardless if you if players – I mean, players are saying that turf is making a difference and causing these injuries regardless if it is or isn't. 
if they're saying it is, I think it's time to go back to grass. You <laughs> know, the you, players. Yeah, you don't want exactly. That's that's a very good point. Like you're at the end of the day, these guys making these decisions aren't the ones that are out there, you know, running and stopping like for over an hour of, of game time, you know. So if the players don't like it, the players shouldn't do it. I mean, it's it's I think it's all about money too, right? Like it's about maintaining the the grass. Is is that what this is well, about? They're, right? they're also saying that if you go to grass and there's more upkeep and like for things like concerts, monster jam, oh, you have yeah. to deal ah. with, Oh, well this, this grass is going to be completely torn up. But I think a proposal to that could be, you have two sheets, you have a real grass sheet and then you roll it out and then you have an artificial grass sheet, kind of like they do in Arizona where they roll it mm-hmm. out at Allegiant stadium where they roll it out. I think if you do that, you have a both turf and grass. I think it could work out in that way and everybody's safe and, it might be a little bit more money, but you're keeping the guys that are bringing in the money safe. Yeah. And I, then when Taylor Swift comes into town, you just roll out the grass and <laughs> put the stage on. Absolutely. I, turf hurts, though. Like, scraping your knees on that is not fun. Just any any part of your body. <laughs> yeah, turf burns suck for sure. But money money shouldn't be a problem with the National Football League. They're the biggest league in the in the country, so... If that's the problem, then that's a little <laughs> bit ridiculous. You know, you got guys getting getting injured because of of the surface that they're playing on. That's absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up. We're going to have to keep updated on that for sure. Um, I want to move into basketball or NBA kind of. So there's a story flying under the radar, two of them, really. We got Damian Lillard and the Blazers, still no trading partner. That's been a developing story for a couple mm-hmm. months now and we also have germany defeating serbia in the fiba world cup which kind of slipped under the radar as well so i mean what do y'all think about what do y'all think about these stories well i saw that damian lillard said he will show up to training camp no matter no matter what happens so whether he gets traded or not he's still going to show up for for blazers uh preseason which is pretty interesting i mean especially with the way the nba has gone now you talk about guys just sitting out, refusing to play. You talk about a guy like Kyrie Irving, James Harden. I mean, the list goes on for those players. And then talking about the FIBA World Cup, I mean, Dennis Schroeder was the guy that I saw the most celebrating. Yeah. And I was like, who else is on this German team? Because <laughs> Dennis Schroeder was really the only recognizable name that I could think of off the top of my head from Germany. Yeah, the Damian Lillard trade is so interesting to me because I just for as long as I can remember, he's been a blazer. And just seeing him in another uniform, that's just gonna blow my mind but just one of the interesting trade options i saw the other day uh involving just a hypothetical trade uh involving the pelicans uh damian lillard and yusuf nurchik for zion williamson and a few other players so just something that could shake up the league and it's just interesting and i think it's good for basketball too i don't know about i mean zion (laughs) how many games has he played in the last three years total three probably (laughs) yeah so i don't understand how that would benefit the Blazers and really anyway. Yeah, they, it's kind of well. Once they let go, if they let go of Damian Lillard, it's hard to see what direction this team is heading. Yeah. And you know, obviously, it's not the good direction, but like <laughs> it's hard to see the rebuild. You know, I'm a Rockets fan, and we see that you know it's Jalen Green and well, it was Porter, but uh, you know, so we see the the direction it's going in. But with the Blazers, I don't know, man. I'd, I'd hate to be a Blazers fan right now. Um, another NBA story we have is the more strict resting rules that was put into play on Thursday or Wednesday, I believe. Um, 
So the rule goes, the new rule goes, teams may not rest more than one healthy star player, and a star player is defined as someone who made an all-star game or an all-NBA team in the last three seasons. So you can't rest more than one healthy player per game. What are your thoughts on that? I think there's a lot of loopholes to this. I think mm-hmm. I don't think it's really going to get fixed. I th- and especially you talk about the Clippers owner. I mean, that guy, super. I forgot his name, but I mean, whenever you're one of the richest people, I mean, look at Mark Cuban. Mm-hmm. Look how much money that guy has. So and I think it's like a one million dollar fine. So I think owners like that, they'll pay the fine. They don't really care. And then the other loophole to that is they they could just say, oh, players are injured. I mean, we look at Major yeah. League Baseball where guys are like, oh, I, I have a blister and I can't mm-hmm. play for 15 days. So, I mean, I'm not a big fan of it. And my problem with the resting in the NBA is you play 82 games. The schedule has been expanded to where there's more rest days. And it's like the NFL, you don't see star players sitting out. Major League Baseball, I mean, they, their guys are sitting out, but there's so many games that it makes sense. So that's my problem with the resting. And it's like you're one of the richest guys in pro sports. Yeah. Come on, start playing more games. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the resting, I mean, I like the idea of it. Obviously, Joe, you said there's going to be loopholes. There definitely will be. But honestly, I think at the end of the day, the NBA season just needs to shorten down at some point. I don't know. Uh, I think it's the NBA, the NFL's just taken off on the NBA. Their, their attendance, their everything, uh, merchandise. And if the NBA wants to get anywhere close back to being where the NFL is right now, I think shortened seasoned and then also more implications of these resting rules here's my problem the nba is 82 games the nhl is 82 games the nhl is 60 minutes the nba is 48 minutes the nhl is a lot more physical than the nba Mm. and yet i don't see this problem going around with the nhl so you're playing a more physical game on the same amount of nights as the nba season so i this is just why the star sitting bothers me so much probably because i've been to multiple nba games where all the star players aren't even playing so that's frustrating also because it's like you go to one game a year maybe and the star players aren't playing but i just think come on you're one of the best players in the world and you're not playing you play 82 games i mean shorting the season might be a solution to it but i mean at the end of the day you're getting paid a lot and step up and play the game so I, i i okay so joey you're saying you don't like the rules because there's a lot of loopholes, but at the same time, play the game. You know, that's why you're getting paid for. So I want to know, what's your solution? I, I just think the guys need to stop. If you don't want to play basketball, then just don't play basketball. I mean, if you want to sit out, why are you going to ask for so much money? I think the rule, it's a good idea, the rule. I think it's a great idea to kind of revolutionize this situation. But all I'm saying is these guys want to get paid so much money but they don't want to play the game. Imagine if you and I go to work somewhere one day and we're like, oh, well, I'm not going to show up every day. Well, then why am I going to get paid a higher salary if I can't even show up to do the basic job? I think if I had to come up with a solution, I think it'd start in contract talks, you know, obviously because of injuries, this is probably why it doesn't happen, but put incentives in there, you know, 25% of your contract comes from if you play this many games and that's the, I mean, obviously, it's the owners that are sitting these guys out. But if you really want guys to play, put it in their contract that they have to play. You know, I think too much money is guaranteed. And I think that's what it really starts with. You can make all the rules you want. But if guys don't want to play, they're not going to play. I think it's as simple as that. Um, But all right, that's uh, that's all the time we have here today (laughs) on this Friday. Uh, But before we go, we're going to send it over to Karis for the update on the weather. 
Yes, so it is 79 degrees outside today, um, and the high is supposed to be 87. It is a 50% chance of rain from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m., so if you love the rain, this day is for you. Um, Tomorrow on Saturday, the high is 83, the low is 70, 50% chance of rain, and then after that, it looks pretty sunny um, with lows to high 60s, so I I think fall is underway at the moment all right ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning in to this friday edition of bobcat radio don't forget to tune in tonight for the san marcus high school football game and tomorrow for the texas state football game we're we're gonna be airing that right yeah, okay. And All right. Make sure to show up to the block party. And show up to the block party, as Joey said. So <laughs> thank you, everybody, for listening to this Friday edition of Bobcat Radio. I have been your host, David Castaneda, with my producer, Karis Lay, co-host, Davin Meredith, and Joey Gonzalez. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you all on next edition of Bobcat Radio. Now, let's get you back to the other side of radio.